Hello, welcome to the Human Systems Dynamics Patterns and Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Ms. Handy, and I have the distinct honor and pleasure of sharing Human Systems Dynamics theory and how we can apply it in our personal and professional lives. I'm also going to highlight some of the wicked patterns that often show up in the world, in our workplaces, our homes, relationships, neighborhoods, and communities. We appreciate you joining us with your curious minds. And in this episode, we're going to talk about a subject that we hope you will find as interesting as we do. And that episode starts right now. When I first stumbled upon human systems dynamics, I thought of it as just another organization. But as I began to study the theory behind HSD and learn about the models, methods, and techniques associated with it, my opinion began to expand. I immediately discovered how to perform adaptive actions that transform the unhealthy patterns that were present in my real life. It became apparent that HSD is much more than just another organization. Human Systems Dynamics is a living, breathing, and thriving organism. And one of the reasons why HSD continues to thrive so greatly is because of the curiosity that you and I hold for it. Human Systems Dynamics teaches us around the world to be curious human beings, but not just within the realm of HSD. It teaches us to be curious about all things. If that is also a question that you hold, then this is an episode that is going to not only enlighten you, but delight you. In just a moment, we're going to find out how does change and transformation begin? In this episode, we're focusing on a blog written by HSD thought leader Royce Holiday in April 2020. The blog is titled, It Begins With Me and You and You and You. You can find a copy of the blog at hsdinstitute.org. According to Royce, in 1925, Mahatma Gandhi described a set of patterns that he believed would destroy us as a society. Those seven sins, as they have come to be called, hold true today. How can we use HSD to help us see, understand, and influence patterns of health and sustainability as we move through the current crisis and work together to shape whatever comes next? My daughter was helping me clean my home office this last week and brought me a folded piece of paper asking what I wanted to do with it. Opening it, I saw this quote from Mahatma Gandhi, which identifies those seven sins of patterns. First, politics without principle, pleasure without conscience, wealth without work, knowledge without character, business without morality, 
science without humanity, and lastly, worship without sacrifice. I read it two or three times, and so many recent images came to mind. A president telling people that using disinfectant inside the body could cure a pandemic. Death tolls that are horrifying in general, but reflect a significantly imbalanced impact for black and brown people. Corruption in government and physical and verbal abuse of Chinese writers on the New York City subway system. I wanted to rant against the ways we see these descriptors being lived out on our television screens and our social media feed and in the articles and stories that come into our phones and computers on a 24-hour news cycle. I thought to myself, if only they would pay attention to these precepts and change their behavior. Then we might, as a civilization, survive. Our planet might survive. Since then, I've been thinking about each of these, realizing that I can't control what those people do. I can only make choices for my own behavior. I can begin to realize the privilege I take when I look at these as impersonal and distant caveats. I can step outside their privilege to realize that in a complex human system, the behavioral and social patterns of the group are shaped by the actions and relationships of the individuals in that group. A complicated way of saying that what I do matters. I can't shape what they do, but I can shape my own actions. So I've been considering how these seven simple statements might inform my own adaptive actions toward healthier, more sustainable patterns. It's a work in progress, but I'd like to share some of the ideas I've been exploring and what Gandhi's words have triggered for me. In true adaptive action fashion, the first question that Royce asked is what are the patterns that can emerge when I? Remember that politics is also about how power is distributed between and among all members of a group. What are the patterns that emerge when I consider that my actions create consequences that go beyond personal fun and pleasure? What are the patterns that can emerge when I do the work it takes to build and sustain wealth that goes beyond money and physical comforts like health, friends and family, and good work? What are the patterns that can emerge when I use what I know to serve the collective benefit of those who live and work together in groups? What are the patterns that can emerge when I conduct the business of life, recognizing and valuing the moral and physical impact my choices have on myself, others, and the planet? What are the patterns that can emerge when I recognize the opportunities for science and technology to support equitable and sustainable life for all individuals on the planet? Lastly, what are the patterns that can emerge when I make large and small sacrifices to preserve and defend what I consider to be sacred? The second step is to ask, so what does that mean for me individually when I recognize the impact of my action or lack of action 
to manifest the principles I espouse about power, privilege, and shared power. So what does that mean for me individually when I realize how my pleasure and leisure activities can ultimately depend on the exploitation of other humans and or of the planet? So what does that mean for me individually when I understand the work necessary to create and sustain wealth that goes beyond financial and material goods. So what does that mean for me individually when I use what I know and what I learn to contribute to the benefit of the greater community? So what does that mean for me individually when I define a moral compass that directs my day-to-day -day actions and choices to contribute to life of all kinds in my corner of the planet? So what does that mean for me individually when I demand that science and technology support equitable and sustainable life for all individuals on the planet. Lastly, so what does that mean for me individually when I commit to use my time, talents, and other resources to help preserve what our community holds sacred? The last step in our adaptive action process asks, now what choices and actions will help me to see, understand, and influence these patterns in myself and in my community? Now what choices and actions can I invite you to join in as we work together to see, understand, and influence these more sustainable patterns in our shared community? These are days of pandemic and worldwide economic challenges. Can we find opportunities to combat the patterns that Gandhi warned us about, replacing them with new patterns of health as we design a new normal? I invite you to let us know what Gandhi's words say to you and what you can do to help establish these new, more hopeful patterns. That's the way that Roy sees it, but in just a moment, I'll share with you how I see it. I absolutely love my day job, but what does that have to do with this episode? It actually has everything to do with it. I am a transformation strategist, which means that I am charged with coming up with new and creative ways to make sure that change and transformation happens where it's needed within my organization. I get to focus on what's working well and to make sure that we continue to move in that direction and identify the problems, challenges, and in HSD language, the wicked issues that cause things to not go well. But in order to figure out what isn't working well, I have interviewed hundreds of employees over the years, both individually and in focus groups. And inevitably, in every single focus group that I've conducted, there is always at least one employee who assumes and even believes that the change and transformation that we're seeking is never going to happen. Now, on the surface, 
that may seem like an extremely negative outlook to have. And in some instances, it is. But there are also some situations where we have long-term employees who have seen many leaders come and go. And the problems, challenges, and the wicked issues that they have continued to face have never been addressed. And in some cases, they've even become even bigger problems, challenges, and wicked issues. What I love about the negative folks that believe that change and transformation isn't going to happen is that it's fuel for me. It's a challenge that I am willing to face because I am personally committed to making sure that change and transformation happens, not just in the rooms that I am in at work, but in my own life. It is an undying commitment that I will never let go of. No matter if I am in a room with a dozen or even hundreds of negative people, all it takes is a different mindset, a different way of thinking and being and doing, and the ability to connect with at least one other person in the room. In the beginning of this episode, I asked the question, how does change and transformation begin? Well, it starts, of course, with identifying the need for it to happen. But going beyond that, we have to connect and begin to take adaptive actions to make those things happen. You and I have so many possibilities and opportunities to help others see and understand and even influence the patterns that are happening within and around them. And even if we are surrounded by negativity, boundaries and fences that a lot of folks like to build, all it takes is for you and I to know, understand and believe that change and transformation can happen. I challenge you, if you tend to live on the negative side of things, to just consider something else, that there is a possibility that you just might be wrong, that there's something else that could enter into the situation that makes things different. It not only makes you feel better, but it helps you to live better. That is how I see it, and I hope that there is something that I share today that you connect with and that helps you to transform the patterns that are present in your real life. In the next episode of Patterns and Possibilities, we're going to develop some simple rules that can help us to put more emphasis on the future of our lives rather than focusing on the past. I truly hope that something you heard furthered your interest in using HSD to navigate the complexities of life. HSD offers free live virtual workshops on the first Thursday of every month except in January and July. 
HSD also offers adaptive action labs as a means of taking a deeper dive into HSD on a wide variety of subjects like consulting, facilitation, diversity, resilience, and planning. Every few months, a full certification is offered to individuals interested in becoming human systems dynamics professionals. I've taken advantage of the certification and it's truly been the difference that makes a difference in my world as a consultant, facilitator, and leader. It's helped me to transform wicked patterns in my personal and professional life and now I get to use my HSD knowledge to help others do the same in their lives. Please visit hsdinstitute.org, check out the learning and opportunities page to find out all that's available to you in the world of HSD.